0: This podcast is brought to you by SaaStock 2016, Europe's premier B2B SaaS conference targeting early to growth stage SaaS founders and a global VC community on the 22nd of September at the RDS in Dublin. Early birds tickets are available now at www.sastock.com. that's S-A-A-S-T-O-C-K.com. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS revolution. I'm your host, Alex Sumer, and I'm joined today by a CEO of an exciting European SaaS startup that's providing business intelligence to SaaS and subscription companies worldwide. Um, and my guest is also a member of uh, of the mafia, uh, the Zendesk mafia, that is. Uh, so um, well, welcome to the show, uh, Nick Franklin, CEO uh, and founder of Chartmogul. Hi, thanks a lot for having me, uh, Alex. Yeah, no, no, it's a, re- a real pleasure to uh, to have you on the show, finally, Nick. Um, so, so Nick, I, I, I know you uh, pretty well, I think, you know, over, over the last sort of year. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, I think our discerning guests, I reckon, you know, they know ChartMogul also. But, uh, you know, can you provide an intro to yourself um, and to ChartMogul, um, you know, maybe for those that haven't really come across you guys before?
1: Sure, yeah. So, um Yeah, ChartMogul, uh, it's a business intelligence and analytics software, basically, analytics uh, SaaS software um, that helps subscription businesses kind of measure and understand their business, um, get insights out of their data. Um, And a big portion of those subscription businesses are SaaS businesses, certainly. Most of our early adopter um, customers uh, are SaaS. Um, Just to give you a bit of background, Background you mentioned just now, yeah, as a member of the the Zendesk mafia. That's that's right. Before um, launching uh, Chartmogul, I was working with uh, with Zendesk for many years, and that's kind of where the uh, inspiration for this product came in. That we'd, we'd kind of built up internally, uh, sort of dashboard um, for measuring a lot of these metrics like monthly recurring revenue and things like this. Um, but I just thought, you know, this. You know, it could be something that becomes its own uh, product, and there would be a market for that. So this is uh, where it comes from. And yeah, Chartmogul, we're we're based down in uh, in Berlin, although most of our customers are in the US, mostly US SaaS businesses. Yeah.
0: Okay. Also, and and um, so so two things there. Um, so from Zendesk, your background, I understand you were a, a super early employee at Zendesk. Is that right? I'd, I'd never forget uh, or remember the the number, number six or number nine, something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Well, that you have remembered—that's right. I, yeah. I was the I was the sixth person after the three founders, so number nine on the team.
0: I got it both. Right. <laughs> okay, excellent. And um, and you mentioned that Chart Mogul is based in uh, in Berlin, and I mean, why That's not? Right. But um, you know, can you tell me just a little bit about why you made that decision? Because you're from the UK, um, so uh, yeah. why why Berlin?
1: Uh, well, I was. Um, uh, based out in Manila uh, more recently as we were kind of setting things up for uh, Zendesk in Asia um, back in uh, two thousand and fourteen um, and decided to leave Zendesk and then kind of sat down with my my wife um, who 's uh, from from Korea and uh, we were kind of thinking well where do we we want to start this business uh, where in the world should we go to to do that um, so I have a a British passport. She has a Korean passport. So you know, we, we just want to go somewhere somewhere quickly and get started. Obviously, um, probably Silicon Valley is kind of like uh, you, you know the kind of number one destination you think of. But kind of the you know when you just want to get started building stuff and and you know doing a startup, you don't want to really be distracted by by visa issues and things like that. So we thought, well, it has to be either Korea or somewhere in the in the European Union. Um, and we we just started looking at all the different uh places in uh, I I would have I, I think it would have been pretty cool to start in Korea but maybe it's 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 not the um the, the, you know the the right uh market to do a SaaS business especially kind of SaaS businesses mostly targeting other SaaS businesses or other subscription businesses. So we we kind of looking at Europe. Which cities I, I used to live in London, so it's, you know London's obviously a big tech center. Um, but then we also heard a lot about Berlin with companies like SoundCloud and Wunderlist, and kind of researched it a bit. We went we went on a vacation to Berlin for a few days, um, and really liked it basically. And so yeah, we ended up just kind of selecting it that way, and we kind of draw up all the kind of pros and cons of like you know. Um, cost uh lifestyle you know all these different things and in the end we just decided um to head to berlin yeah um so yeah and uh i yeah, haven't regretted it yet <laughs> yeah,
0: it was nothing to do with the clubbing scene out there then uh i'd <laughs> love to say it
1: was but um yeah like um have a, married now with a 9 month old yeah, uh, okay similar to yourself right <laughs> yeah, so well, uh, yeah. the clubbing
0: um, de- the clubbing days are long long gone so yeah so. uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe once in a while with the team, we go out and have, I'll, I'll, we'll, you know. But yeah. uh...
0: <laughs> cool. Okay, and and I would say, um, uh, you know, as as we're kind of talking about like, the early days of Chartmogul uh, at, at the moment. I mean, actually going back real early, the actual sort of ori- origin of of Chartmogul, you know, was, was the idea inspired by. I guess what is within SaaS circles, you know, the the infamous Christoph Jans KPI dashboard. Um, you know, does that lay any claim to the uh, you know the, the foundations of Chartmogul?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I think the original kind of so so Christoph was you know the sort of first angel investor in in, in Zendesk, so it probably it kind of all comes together. I guess um, the you know the kind of idea came out of you know at Zendesk measuring a lot of things in, in MRR and this kind of thing. But, um, because I was on the, on the sales side of of the business, but, um, the, as we kind of went into sort of designing the product, you know, trying to understand how, um, you know, different metrics should be calculated correctly. Um, there, there's only really, you know, two, maybe three really great resources online. One of them is Christoph Jans's, um, excel sheet kpi sas kpi uh, excel sheet uh, the others the other is david skoke's um for entrepreneurs blog i think the post is called like something like sas metrics uh, 2.0 is, is, i guess there's also a, a first version of that as well so yeah like we kind of productized a lot of that material uh into chart mogul absolutely
0: okay very good and um you guys, you, you've raised VC money. Um, I think successfully, you've raised a double seed round uh, of funding. Um, can you just sort of quickly say, you know, how much each round and who your investors were?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, we the first round was uh, at the end of two thousand fourteen. That was um, pre revenue, pre paying customers. Um, we raised six hundred thousand, um, led by Point Nine Capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, with uh, Christoph Jans, who you mentioned just now, is, is one of the partners there, um, and also a couple of angels as, as well, uh, Michael Hansen, who was early at Zendesk, He actually hired me into Zendesk as well um, originally um, and, and Tom James and then uh, we also raised uh, a few months later in two thousand and fifteen after we kind of got our some initial traction uh, another further nine hundred thousand from the same investors, um, plus uh, a, f- a few extras as well. Uh, so also, the second round was also that by Point Nine Capital, and and, uh, and the same angels took part again, and we added another uh, three angels, I think, as well. So,
0: yeah. Okay, and, and I was going to ask, um, you know, what metrics were in your pitch deck? I guess, kind of, for the first one, if you were pre-revenue, you know, were. the there's probably wasn't any metrics, or uh, unless I'm mistaken. Um, but what, what about in the uh, in, in the second pitch deck, which were the, the metrics that the VCs wanted to see and the, that you showed them?
1: So I so I just looked this up when I when I, when you sent me your questions earlier. I had a look on uh, I, I dug up the, the pitch decks. Yes, for the for the first version, there wasn't any metrics at all, uh, apart from you know had more had some quotes. Uh, from beta beta users about right. uh, you know how much they, they, they love the product or something. Um, but um, yeah, for the second deck, once we had you know some data, um, there still actually wasn't much uh, <laughs> metrics in the in the deck itself. But I think I also when I circulated the um, the deck, I included our most recent like investor update or something like that with alongside the deck. So the deck was much more about the vision, uh, the team, uh, where the product is today and where it's going and, and what we plan to, to sort of do with the money. I, I think the metrics are more like you know, where we want to, where our annual run rate, we, where we plan it to be in 12 months' time. So, uh, but uh, the, I think I also bundled our investor update uh, along with that, which comes with quite detailed reports around, even you know website the number of website visitors broken down over the last you know few months, you know the conversion rate from visitor to sign up for a free trial, then the conversion rate to paid, and then you know how many new customers we're adding each month, how many churn each month, what is the new MRR, how much lost MRR, etc. So it had the full breakdown of, of that, uh, anyways.
0: Okay and uh, and how um in in your opinion you know how how important is it going to be I guess in this climate of fundraising uh you know for saas founders to to have like really super awesome metrics to to raise capital um so if you have kind of got average metrics um and a great product maybe don't bother i mean what, what's your what's your opinion
1: um so i mean i guess I, I, I I'm not the, the the best expert because yeah we've done the two seed rounds and and have yet to do a, an A round mm-hmm. um, so um, but um, I think at the seed round pre revenue it's it's it doesn't matter so much in terms of the 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 metrics it's more about the, you know the the vision and the opportunity and the and the team and the product and, and these kind of things um, and maybe some in, initial kind of beta traction or something like that. But yeah, I think as soon as you start selling the product that's that then it gets pretty important pretty quickly. <laughs> you have to um you know and, and especially at the A round, it seems you know there's all this talk like you know it used to be a million annual run rate now it's like two million and then you hear like three million annual run rate now these I, I think it's important I guess the the growth rate is probably more important or the potential there, and then the potential like the you know. When I when I do talk to VCs occasionally, it's like you know what's the size of the, the market, the size of the opportunity, and then how much of that can you realistically go out and get um, as a company, and uh, and you know they want to see some track record of, of of kind of doing that over the past months, and so yeah, but I I mean I think as I've, you know there's all this talk that the number of seed rounds has dramatically increased over the last few years. And, but the number of A rounds being done has stayed um, pretty, pretty flat. Mm-hmm. So it's created that sort of uh, crunch at the A round where there's just loads of great SaaS companies doing like a million ARR. But that's not good enough anymore because there's, there's, there's a lot of those. So the A round VCs can take their pick, the ones that are really, um, you know, they, that they see the mo- most potential in. And a lot of that will come down to metrics for sure
0: okay and and I guess kind of moving away from you you know talking about sort of you know raising capital using metrics to to actually the metrics that you measure you know internally uh you know as a saAS company um you know can I ask um you know what are the kind of the, the key metrics that that you measure that that you know kind of helps power you know the business for chart mogul?
1: Well, I guess like there's, there's the top line metrics of the business, which is everyone probably knows already. It's kind of like, you know, MRR, you know, churn rate. I, I like kind of net um, net revenue churn rate and also gross revenue churn rate because it kind of shows how much you're really losing and then offset that for, for um, expansion revenue. Um, you know, there's like, you know, traffic to your site, you know, how many signups you're getting. Um, I mean, this is and the better indicator of, of things to come, um, whereas MRR is kind of like you know, where things are at right now in terms of your, your recurring revenue. But um, you know, growth rate, so it's all those kind of top-line top metrics that you know, um, our, our software does, this kind of thing. But um, within each kind of, I guess, um, business unit or, or, or kind of each part of the business, there's different things that you measure. Like in, in, we have a combined customer success and support team and they, they really care about, they care about NPS, which is I really love as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think it was like a little bit too, I don't know, fluffy, but <laughs> my, my opinion's been changed and I find it very useful and, and really like doing it. Um, and uh, also things like first response times on, on tickets that we, you know, support requests that we get and things like that. So within each thing, there's like all these little things as well um, that you measure. Uh, but at the top line, It's probably similar to what a lot of SaaS companies are looking at in terms of, you know, number of paying customers, number of trials coming in, number of paying customers, conversion rates, this kind of thing.
0: Can I can I ask how your opinion uh, came to be, you know, changed on uh, on on NPS, and uh, so you don't see it as a as a fluffy uh, metric or measurement anymore?
1: I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think. I think. I just. I think it just got. I just read. I, you know. just got kind of drilled in enough times that I just. I, I just kind of got naturally just kind of brought round to the. And and then our director of customer success. He was the one who actually started running these NPS surveys. We do it quarterly here, mm. and then we can actually see how it's improved quarter on quarter, and we also get a ton of great comments at the same time as doing it. So I think it's really valuable. Yeah.
0: And I, then sorry. No. no sorry, I was saying. I mean. I. I I also see, you know, uh, all over the web, you know, people talking about, you know, MPS and how it's super important it is for their business. And, yeah. you know, we've had, uh, the likes of, uh, Bill Masaitis, um, you know, CMO at Slack on the show and saying that, you know, that's his sort of yeah. most important, you know, thing that, that they, they sort of, or the first thing I think he implemented, you know, when he joined Slack and that kind of thing. So there must be, uh, must be some truth to it,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, There's David Apple, who is the director of uh, customer success at Typeform, and and one of our um, customers, he gave a great uh, talk uh, recently, I think it was at a Totango event, where they were kind of explaining how Typeform does NPS, but not just like that it does the survey and collects the NPS scores, but also what it does afterwards with those scores. Um, And one of the techniques they were using was piping the NPS score into ChartMogul and seeing uh slicing nps by or slicing uh net revenue churn by nps score and they they, what they found was really interesting in that the um obviously the the customers with a very good nps don't churn so much the ones with a very bad nps or the, the bad nps they they're more likely to churn but they also found that the um the ones that didn't respond to the NPS survey at all were the most likely to churn. So it's very interesting. It's like if they don't respond, they're the ones who are really likely to churn. So It's kind of interesting. It's like where you should... And then it, and then it tells you something that you... Actionable you can do, like where should you spend your attention in terms of... Um, you know, not. The, you know, it's it's actually maybe more valuable to put attention into the ones that didn't even respond, let alone the ones that gave a negative response. It's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and no, I think I think that video is available on 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 YouTube. Right? So I'll probably link to that in the uh, in in the show notes for those that are that are interested to uh, uh, to dive deeper into that particular topic. Um, you know, dare, dare I ask what tools uh, that you use to? You know, measure metrics. Uh, I, I guess you're, you're you're probably dog fooding, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, without plugging uh, our own solution there, <laughs> of course, uh, of course. Yeah, we use our own our own tool for um, for that. I mean, we we still use Excel for, for some things. I mean, you know, things like burn rates and things like this. We don't we don't incorporate that stuff um, into our products. So yeah, um, but yeah, we're we're using um, yeah a number of tools like. You know, for different types of uh, different types of analytics tools. Um, you know, like e- even things for just A/B testing, optimize the. But, but yeah, I guess uh, the main one yeah would be Google Analytics. Um, we use a system called Ahoy for attribution tracking. It's a pretty cool open source tool from uh, Instacart. Instacart they they built an entire kind of ana- web analytics attribution tracking system uh, and open sourced it, which is fantastic. So we use that for kind of You know, um, marketing attribution tracking and seeing, okay, where did, where does our, where do our trials actually come from? What, what landing pages do they land on and where do they come from and, uh, which ones, which, lead sources actually convert into paying customers and these sorts of things.
0: Okay, so, and that, and that's Ahoy, as in, you know. Yeah, the, uh, like, yeah, the pirate Ahoy. Oh, the pirate, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. So, yeah, for, for those that are listening that want to check that out, that's uh, Ahoy uh, by Instacart. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's a Ruby gem, I think. Okay, okay, awesome. Uh, and, <laughs> and, um, churn rate you you mentioned sort of you know churn rate earlier and you know net revenue churn and you know things that you measure and you know well all saas companies you know measure you know super critical metric you know to measure and keep control of you know what processes do you have in place you know at chartmobile you know to keep your churn rate low you know that you're happy to share yeah, I mean, we
1: always do uh exit interviews. I think that's the most valuable thing so you understand why um, you know why people are churning. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's, you know, it, you know, if it's sort of a larger customer. I mean, it's valuable with the smaller ones, but often the reason if it's a very small customer is that, that there's, you know, perhaps uh, price sensitivity or something like that with the with very very um, you know, maybe bootstrap businesses or something like this. Um but yeah, so I think exit interviews um, are the most valuable thing, especially if you start to get the same uh, reason you know multiple times then it's something you should jump on and, and fix quickly so that's that, that, that's really useful um, you know I, I think I think we're going to start doing the thing that David apple a uh, typeform was was talking about of, of piping the attaching the NPS score to the churn rates because that's really interesting and then you know it just it just means that uh, any kind of um, anything that can help improve NPS. Um, And, you know, you can sort of measure the ROI of that initiative. So if you have an initiative that you think will improve NPS, you can kind of say, well, if we spend this much money or this much time um, and it's going to reduce churn rate by this much, it's actually got a number attached to it at that point. So it's kind of, that's really interesting. So I think we're going to do that. But I think, yeah, exit interviews, really trying to understand it and then just continually improving the product and the service, and just continually layering on more and more value into the product is the, is the only way that we know um, that really kind of helps helps reduce the churn.
0: Okay, well, that, that, that's um, great insights and awesome advice. There, you know, for other SaaS companies, founders, you know, customer success people. Uh, that are listening to, uh, to to this episode, and uh, um, you know, so I, I I know about you guys, or I, I, I don't know about the, the the sort of current status. Actually, I, I should have asked, but from uh, I think a month ago at least, that you you didn't really have a, a sales team, right? Um, that uh, so that you guys, it, it's kind of um, you know. All inbound. Um, you know, uh, you've got your content uh, to sort of the team, uh, customer success team, but um, no sales hire, as I remember. Is, is, is that right?
1: Yeah, we're we're sort of a hundred percent inbound. Yeah, we have um, we have two people working on content, so we try and we try and invest into that um, because I think that also helps kind of in, it kind of helps the whole product. So like, it helps our existing customers and um, you know, potential, you know, new people that aren't our, our customers also. So it's like, whereas if you just spend money on you know, advertising, it doesn't help your existing customers at all. So I really like content for that reason. Um, so yeah, we invest in content. We try and create stuff that obviously gets shared as well and gets, gets a good reach. And then we do, we, we, we retarget that, that, that audience that, are, um, that, views our blog posts. So, um, but yeah, it's all inbound. And, uh, we have a customer success team so we kind of just do do it that way um which which i like that's kind of the early days of of uh, zendesk we didn't really have sales people just signed up for a zendesk trial and um and, and then the customer advocates as we called them then i, th- I think that's basically customer success people is what, what that's uh, become um kind of just help the those people out as best they could and if they like the product they they, they buy it if they don't they don't so i i love the simplicity of course as you grow, you know Zendesk now has very large a sales team, um, and we certainly will as well. So at some point, but yeah.
0: But do, so, do you think that's kind of like the new norm for a, a you know a SaaS startup? Um, you know, before you get to a certain sort of you know the stage and, and scale, that um, that you can just have this sort of model of inbound. You know, content team. You know, customer success, and and and, uh, and this will be, you know, or is you know, commonplace. Um, and, it's, and, yeah, it's
1: it's pretty common, right? I mean, for for pure SaaS, where you know, especially kind of SaaS targeting, you know, not non-enterprise from from the start, kind of relatively low cost or low cost, kind of B two B SaaS. Yeah, content and you know, doing inbound and having content, kind of. Um, you know, kind of help, help accelerate that a bit. Um, it's definitely something that a lot of companies are doing, companies like Intercom and, and, and every, everyone's doing that uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, I think adding the sales, when you add salespeople, you know, it, it, it depends on the company. I think, I think um, it's good to nail down the kind of product and the flow and the kind of conversion rate and everything kind of get every, everything kind of working well before you um, start to ramp on on sales, I mean, you know, there's different arguments around that, but we'll probably quite soon start to start to build out a sales team.
0: Okay, and um, I guess as we sort of clarified that you don't have a sales team yet, but you know, is sales velocity a metric that you measure? Yeah, um,
1: I like to just call it like trial to paid convert cohort cohort based trial to paid conversion rates. So it's like kind of what is the kind of 30-day trial-to-paid or or 60-day trial-to-paid conversion rate. That's what we measure, which I think is is very similar to sales velocity, which is is kind of how long does it take from initial contact to closing the deal. Um, So, yeah, we we measure the trial-to-paid in cohorts. I currently do it in Excel, but hopefully by the end of June, we can do it in our own product chart mogul, so then I'll be doing it in there.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just easier to say sales velocity than tr- <laughs> trial-to-prime <laughs> analysis. It, it, they're slightly,
1: I guess they're slightly different,
0: but
1: they're close enough. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, how long does it take you know, to close a close deal? So uh, um, yeah, definitely something we, we measure for sure. I, I think you know it's having a sales team that's certainly, even without having a sales team, that's still something you would certainly want to measure as a business, for
0: sure. Okay, very good. So I just wanted to um, uh, sort of clarify that. And uh, so coming to the last two questions uh, uh, now, Nick. So, um, you know, the first one uh, I'll ask is, you know, if if you want to learn about metrics, um, you know, what resources, um, you know, does Nick Franklin sort of recommend um, that those that are listening to the show, you you know, go to and, and learn from?
1: Sure. Um, well, I mean, a lot of people might, might have already heard of these. I mean, they're the obvious ones. But, you know, um, David Scokes' uh, For Entrepreneurs blog is, uh, is a fantastic resource. Uh, Christoph Jans' uh, Angel VC blog. Uh, also, um, Thomas Tonga's as well, of course. Uh, Saster, um Jason Lemkin's uh And, uh, yeah, and, and our blog. <laughs> we, we're, we're always putting out material about, about uh, SaaS metrics and these kind of things.
0: Okay, um, we'll allow your blog because actually it's a it's a damn fine blog. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Ed, Ed and uh, I think it's Annie's your um, uh, the second yeah. content person. They're, they're doing a great job, um, you, you know, or have been from the start. So uh, so that, that that's good stuff, and I'm a, a regular reader. Um, and uh, a final question is, uh, well, it's not a cheeky one, but you know, when's the Series A round?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, you know, this is. Uh... <laughs> I mean, right now we're we're really just focusing on the on the business. Uh, we're not we're not actively um, actively sort of fundraising. Um, so um, yeah, I guess um, um, no, no comment there. Just, okay, we'll, okay.
0: we'll <laughs> allow no comment. I didn't want to put you in an <laughs> awkward position, but you know, I, sometimes I like I like to you know dig a little bit, be in an investigative sats you know, reporter uh, towards the end. But um, I'm, perhaps I'm not that great at it. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the normal <laughs> questions. Um, but, we're, you know, we, we've come to the end of the, uh, the, the podcast, Nick. Um, you've been a great guest. So, you know, um, really thank you for your time and uh, uh, being on this episode of the SaaS Revolution show today. Oh, no, thank you.
1: Uh, I really appreciate um, being invited and it's, it's my pleasure.
0: You know, uh, you're, you're welcome. And, and for those listening to this episode, um, you know, if you enjoyed this episode uh, of the SaaS Revolution Show, we'd really appreciate it if you rate and reviewed us on iTunes. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by SaaSStock 2016, Europe's premier B two B SaaS conference targeting early to growth stage SaaS founders and a global VC community on the 22nd of September at the RDS in Dublin. Early Bird's tickets are available now at www.sastock.com. That's S-A-A-S-T-O-C-K dot